0: Welcome to Sage Talks. I'm Dr. Michelle Stanton. Hello, I'm Dr. Michelle Stanton, and with me today I have Dr. Ian Stolman. He's a second generation chiropractor practicing in South Florida, a diplomat in chiropractic pediatrics, and on the faculty of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. He's developed relationships with several OBs, midwives, and pediatricians in his area who refer to him for chiropractic care of their patients. Dr. Ian, I'm super happy to have you here today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. So I was able to hear you speak in Chicago about a month ago at an ICPA seminar, and it was so apparent your passion for what you do day in and day out. So I'm super excited to have you here and to be talking with uh, with me for our listeners. Um, today we're going to be talking about the first adjustment. Um, so Dr. Ian, you have children, correct?
1: I do. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old.
0: Very good. So when they were born, tell me how long was it before you had them in your arms and you were giving them their kisses, but you were also evaluating their spines and their function and adjusting them?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. The uh, My oldest was a planned home birth that, uh, because of just like maternal exhaustion and things slowing down, we transferred to the hospital. And um, my wife got a little bit sleep, and then she uh, woke up, pushed out a baby, and it was just <laughs> a, a combination of of you know relief and exhaustion. And so it was probably about forty minutes before I I you know really got a hold of him. Right, my wife was was clinging onto him pretty tightly. Uh, and probably about 40 minutes. And then my second, uh, he was born at home, but he had the cord wrapped around his neck five times. Wow. He came out a little bit on the floppy side. Now, nothing to be concerned about, right? There was no call to any emergency services. You know, some babies just take a few moments to kind of come into their body. Um, but as soon as I saw him come out, you know, without much muscle tone, I immediately, uh, put my hands at the upper part of his neck and and started evaluating and adjusted him uh, and you know whether it was just a coincidence of timing or whether it was the adjustment but as soon as i made contact with that top bone in his neck he you know kind of immediately like let out a cry and kind of came into everything and so it just varied based on the on the moment right i think there's there's uh, a routine aspect of pediatric chiropractic that is important, but then there's also a time where it can be really useful, you know, if there's uh, any sort of concern over, uh, over how a child's doing.
0: Sure. Oh, and that's just amazing to be able to be a part of your child's birth like that, I imagine. Um, I, we had a similar situation um, when we had our son. He's eight months now. But saying, I mean, good grief, that labor took forever. And so, you know, in my mind, when I was pregnant this whole time as a chiropractor, I'm thinking, you know, that baby's going to come out, you know, super quick. I'm, I'm fit. I get adjusted all the time by my husband, who's a chiropractor. This labor is going to be easy. So, and then, and I'm going to adjust that baby and he's just going to let out this beautiful cry and we're going to, you know, hit the ground running. But I was in labor for 26 plus hours and just exhausted. And so, you know, I uh, probably a couple days later, I thought, well, good grief. I told my husband, I don't think I've adjusted our baby yet. And he said, Oh, don't worry. (laughs) And so I said, okay, good. (laughs) Um, but it was, it was definitely not on my mind, um, right away. So, so clearly, You believe it's safe to adjust infants, even newborns. I mean, you're adjusting a a, a second-old baby. Um, Can you just speak to a little bit about that? Because I know a lot of people, even if they are familiar with chiropractic, even if they love chiropractic and have been seeing a chiropractor their whole life, are still shocked sometimes to hear that chiropractors can see and adjust babies and it's actually good for them.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I think, I'll start off by saying chiropractic for children isn't only safe, it's, I think in my opinion, it's essential and it's incredibly important for their overall development. And I think the reason that most people don't recognize that is simply because there's a, a big misunderstanding amongst most of the public about what chiropractic really does. If you think about chiropractic from a standpoint of treatment of musculoskeletal pain, then of course it doesn't make sense to adjust a, a young child, right? But if you recognize that what we really focus on is the relationship between the spine and the nervous system and that a nervous system that is working effectively and efficiently to regulate and and help the body better adapt to the world around us, That is absolutely essential to a child's not only survival, but their thriving, right? Their ability to interact with the world, to develop, to fight infection, to heal, to digest their food, to sleep, their emotional balance, how they interact with the world. That is all experienced through the nervous system. And so it it becomes incredibly important that that nervous system is working perfectly from the moment that child enters the world throughout their development. And we know as chiropractors that between positions in utero, between the forces that are exerted on their spine and birth, between uh, all of the stresses that accumulate in childhood, that if the spine or pelvis have shifted and are compromising that nervous system, it's going to lead to to an outcome in that child that's not ideal. It's going to lead to a child that is not as strong and as healthy as they otherwise could be. So from a chiropractic standpoint, if you really recognize what chiropractic is, which is uh, focusing on on the restoration of, of normal neurospinal function, that becomes probably more important than anything that could be done in, in a child's early part of their life. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, if, if you don't recognize that, that's what chiropractic does, and of course you would have doubts about uh, about why a child would need to be adjusted.
0: And you're right; people just are unaware of what chiropractic is, and I think us as a as a profession need to be better at explaining that and taking the time to really letting our patients know, even the patients that already you know already love us, already believe in what we do, you know, maybe still don't understand that fully. And something you mentioned and I know it was talked a lot about our seminar in Chicago, and I want to just go back to real quick, is that the nervous system, someone had said the nervous system is the lens through which we experience the world. And if you think about that and translate that to what you were saying about how we relate to the world, how we function, how we develop, how we grow, and how we experience not only pain, but how we experience the feeling of the carpet when we're learning to crawl and how we experience the the feeling of a hug and our cheek on our mother's chest when we're first born, Um, you know, that's a really important thing for a baby to be able to experience clearly. And so we need to remove that interference in that lens so we can experience it.
1: I think it's also important to recognize that it's just as important for a baby to be well-adjusted as for its parents to be well-adjusted. I had a mom who started coming in for care because she had some lower back pain. And we started adjusting her, and a couple of weeks later, uh, I said, "What have you noticed that's different?" And she started to get like teary-eyed, and she said, um, "For the longest time, for the last two years, ever since my daughter was born, I just didn't like her. She's, I, you know, I loved her like a mom should be, but." Like I was always irritated by her. I was always aggravated. Like I never really enjoyed like spending time with her. Like I put her in daycare as soon as I could to try to, you know, like take my distance. And I've always felt very guilty about that. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, they started getting adjusted. All of a sudden I've really been enjoying her more and I and I haven't yelled and I've been loving on her. And you know, like our relationship has completely changed in the last couple of weeks. And She didn't really understand why any of this was happening right she just was she convinced herself that she was a a a bad mother and i tried to explain to her that because she was subluxated meaning the spine was uh, creating irritation to her nervous system it was affecting the way her nervous system was experiencing and adapting to the world meaning her emotions her patience her ability to express love was compromised because the nervous system wasn't able to regulate how her body interacted with the world as well as it otherwise should. And correcting that and allowing her body to tap into it allowed her to access a completely different level of motherhood than she ever would have before. Now, you think about how important that is for that mom being able to feel good enough for her baby, but that's also incredibly important for her daughter right you know to grow up with a mother who really enjoys being around her you know i couldn't imagine you know the two years that they were together where the mom just didn't really enjoy her how difficult that must have been for for both mom and baby and how that can forever alter the development of a child's life and i think it's from a chiropractic standpoint if we recognize the possibility of what happens when a nervous system is working effectively. We realize how much bigger this is than any particular symptom. Uh, This is about how we interact with the world and how it changes us forever.
0: Oh my gosh, how incredible that we have the opportunity, that you had the opportunity to be a part of that family's life like that. So let's talk a little bit about the physiology. A lot of people think, you know, well, I don't wanna assume what people think, but you know, A lot of times birth is, you know, shown as just here's, you know, we're screaming, we're screaming, we're screaming, here's a baby. And then it's beautiful, you know, on TV, of course, that's what it shows. So the actual physiology of birth can be traumatic, even, you know, even a beautiful, the most natural, quiet vaginal birth can be traumatic on a tiny little human. So what is it about, you know, the physiology of birth, you know, vaginal C-section, what what have you? That is so traumatic, even in such a natural sort of process.
1: Yeah, I I think we have to start off by understanding what's unique about a pediatric spine, right? So, if you have ever looked at a newborn baby, they've got these giant heads, right? Compared to the size of their body, Um, their, their heads are way bigger than an adult head when you compare it to the size of their body. And they've got very little muscle protection in the neck, right? The neck is not. Uh, the, the muscles of the neck are not very strong, and the bones in the spine, the bones in the neck, are very underdeveloped. And so, those three things make it so that trauma that kids experience in the birth process becomes far more damaging and far more uh, has far more deleterious effects on their body than it would with a similar experience that an adult goes through. And so, as babies, um, you know, if you think about it baby's head is is down against mom's uh you know against the lower abdomen of mom right and when you have a contraction your contraction is the uterus that's tightening and pushing baby deeper and deeper head first into the the pelvic girdle and it's the comp- the head that puts pressure on the cervix, causing it to thin out and dilate and open. And as that head starts doing that, the cranial bones of baby have to overlap, right? So the head, instead of like it nice, being the, the nice, symmetric, beautiful head that a newborn baby has, it actually overlaps and compresses almost into a cone shape. And that starts making its way down through the pelvis. And as baby navigates downward, they have to rotate almost corkscrewing down through the pelvis in order to be able to navigate their head and their shoulders. And so all of that is a tremendous stress on the upper part of the neck of baby. That doesn't even take into account what happens when the head comes out and a doctor or a midwife grab onto the head and try to pull to help facilitate baby coming out sooner. And so you have this incredible compression of the head and then the traction or the pulling on the neck. And with very little muscles to protect them, it causes tremendous stress to the uh, joints in the upper part of the neck. And so the the good part is that babies are pretty resilient, right? Which is why we don't have more issues that we have uh, during the birth process. But it creates subtle shifts in the alignment of the spine that can ultimately disrupt normal development. Now, a lot of people think that a cesarean might be easier because there's less of the, the contraction and the pulling or less of the contraction, but there's actually far more pulling involved because they make the incision and then they reach down and grab the head and they lift baby up through a small opening, basically with their hands around baby's neck, lifting up on the head. And so you would never in a million years grab your newborn baby's head and let the rest of their body just hang down and dangle. But that's essentially what's happening in their spine in the first few moments of their life. Now, without any muscles to protect themselves, you know, as parents know, rule number one is hold the head and you know support the head. With no muscles to protect themselves, that's just pure trauma being exerted in the upper part of their neck. That's one of the reasons why every single child should be checked by a chiropractor, because it's just it, it has such a profound impact on their overall development and quality of life, and it's it's vastly under uh, you know, for you know uh, basic newborn checks.
0: I feel like I don't even need to be here. You just go for it, and you just tell you tell them. Um, so something that you did when when we were at the Chicago seminar is I was sitting up front. I always sit in the front. Um, But you came over, you used me as an example, you grabbed my arm with two hands, and you you demonstrated that as those were the vertebra, and my arm was the spinal cord. You put two hands around my forearm, and you squeezed, and you twisted. And you were demonstrating the subluxation. And you asked me, how do your fingers feel right now? And if anybody, any of our listeners, you know, if there's two of you, do that put two hands on you know the other person's forearm and twist you know opposite directions and see what your fingers feel like and i had said you know my fingers feel poofy but some people are going to say their fingers feel numb or tingly or whatever but that's a really good visual that was an excellent visual of what a subluxation does to the spinal cord and to the nerves coming off of that spinal cord and Exactly. It's what you said happens to that little tiny newborn's neck and their little vertebra and their spinal cord when they're getting, you know, even even if they're not pulled out, especially if they're pulled out, but even just in that corkscrew motion coming out of the cervix. And I think that's a really great visual that you described right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll give you an example. Like my son, my second son was born at home, very peacefully, no pulling. My wife was on all fours, you know, in the tub. I mean, it was the definition of like a peaceful birth, but he also had the cord wrapped around his neck five times. And that, that is a stress to the spine that was clearly disrupting the way that his body was able to adjust to this new world, pun intended, and so the you know even the most perfect, beautiful birds, you know, we have to understand what's happening to a baby as they're scrunched up in utero for for ten months, and as they're eventually pushed through the birth canal and through the pelvis, it's a lot of force that's being exerted on their spine. Um, most of us. Uh, you know, think about it this way. If you're nervous about the idea of pediatric chiropractic for a baby, imagine what the birth process is like being squeezed through the pelvis. That is infinitely more stressful and traumatizing than anything a chiropractor could ever do.
0: Exactly. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what does an adjustment look like on an infant or a newborn, you know, a child under 18 months, even, you know, even a little bit older. What does that look like? Yeah.
1: So the main thing to to recognize is that when you go to a chiropractor who's trained to work with children, uh, it's a very different type of chiropractic, right? We're not doing the Steven Seagal moves, uh, you know, the twisting, you know, I use Steven Seagal, but in a couple of years, I'm going to need a new frame of reference because I think I'm dating myself a little bit. Uh, but, you know, what happens is, uh, people think that we're going to be doing twisting, popping, cracking. And the reality is, it's not at all the type of chiropractic that should be incorporated when we talk about young children. The same reasons that a child's spine is underdeveloped and susceptible to the trauma of birth and life, right? the same thing that makes them require chiropractic is also what makes chiropractic uh be possible at being so gentle and easy their spine is underdeveloped and they don't have uh the the muscles that have been holding things out of place for years and therefore it doesn't require a tremendous amount of force to correct uh typically the pressure that we use in an adjustment is the amount of pressure that you would use to test the ripeness of a tomato it is very gentle it is very soft um the big thing is that we just have to hold it a little bit longer because we're we're helping coax that bone back into place, as opposed to thrusting and pushing it back like we do with an adult type of adjustment. Uh, it's it's a very easy and gentle process, and many children, if they're already sleeping. Will will typically sleep during the adjustment, and some kids who come in with with colic or reflux and are really irritable, they'll often fall asleep during the adjustment because it is a tremendous relief getting that tension released from their nervous system. And so, uh, as kids get a little bit older and they start to experience new stresses, like you know, become weight bearing and they start to walk, then we can start to incorporate some very light drop tables, uh, you know. Uh, on a very, very light setting. We can incorporate a little activator instrument or a, you know, integrator instrument, like a little uh, uh, adjusting tool that makes it very gentle. The big thing that parents should realize is that if you go to a chiropractor who's trained to work with children, they are going to have uh, both an analysis and a corrective approach that is appropriate for your child's age and spinal development. And you know it's going to be something that's going to be safe. Uh, chiropractic is overwhelmingly safe, particularly for young kids, and it makes it just as important that um, that that we that we find a chiropractor who's trained to work with children, as opposed to just doing a chiropractor who is willing to see children. And I think that's an important distinction.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's the ICPA, the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. I mean, that is what we're here for i mean among other things you know family um folks on family but you know just that is what you know we're going to seminars every weekend to get that you know that certification for <clears throat> um there is a study i had found um i'm sure you heard it the safety and effectiveness of pediatric chiropractic by joel alcantara yep. genio and derrick um i just I pulled that one up. Um, and I just wanted to find well, where to go? Well, good, good grief. Um, I mean, basically, the basic findings were that, like you said, overwhelmingly safe for children, um very few adverse events. Some of them, you know, had things already going on that probably contributed to the adverse events of the chiropractic adjustment. It's a really good article. I believe it's uh, free to the public that may be incorrect um but that's a really good one to just look at. And I mean, even reading the abstract of it, of course, it's good to read the whole article. But if anybody wants to read that, that's a really yeah. good article um, talking about- the, the You case. know, I
1: think what's really important about that is is the, the adverse events when people talk about like the side effects, I like, can't, can't, you know, what, is there any downside? Is there any chance that my child be hurt? You know, as far as chiropractic, you know, what they basically found is that there was some mild self-limiting, like fussiness, like or irritation, like a child was a little bit cranky that day. But the truth to to understand is that when these kids come into our practices, and they've got colic, and they've got reflux, and their bodies have been stressed, and they're not sleeping, they are in such an agitated state that when we make that first adjustment, sometimes there's such a release of the tension that it's almost like a purging effect energetically right, that all of that tension that's been stored up, that's been wound up in that child's nervous system has to come out. And, you know, if you or I were stressed out, we can take a bubble bath, have a glass of wine, you know, meditate, you know, light a scented candle, but young children can't do that. Their only way to express themselves, their only way to release that tension is to cry. And so sometimes after the first adjustment, you know, as that tension is released, you'll have a child who's a little bit fussy that first night, but it's not because there's anything wrong. It's not because there's anything that we did that was dangerous. It's simply because we, it's almost like, I don't know for any of you, any of your listeners who have an instant pot at home, um, you know, like one of those tabletop pressure cookers uh, at the end of cooking, you have to flip that switch and all that steam comes releasing. And man, every single time I do that, I get terrified, right? Like um, I, I I put my glove, you know, I put a glove on like an oven mitt and I flip it and the thing comes steaming, and I always jump because there's so much pressure and tension built up within the system that it comes rushing out and it makes this huge sound. And, and it's really kind of, uh, you know, a spectacle. Sometimes, when babies have been trapped in a pattern of stress and tension after that first adjustment, they become a little bit fussier that night, uh, simply because they're getting rid of all of that tension in the same way. But that doesn't mean anything's bad. In fact, it means that that was really effective for them, that it was valuable to get rid of that because imagine trying to grow and develop with that sort of tension in your body all the time. It's just not sustainable.
0: Well, right. And if you, you know, if you think about that nervous system being your lens, if you, you know, you have a cloudy lens, and you go and you clean it off, and now you can see, you know, and now you can experience everything, maybe you haven't been experiencing all the touches and all the sounds and all the feels and all the emotions. And now you are that's, you know, babies don't know what's going on. That's got to be overwhelming. We want to promote the wellness, we want to promote the best function for this baby. But a lot of times parents come in and they'll bring their babies in because you know like you said they have the colic they have the ear infections they're fussy you know what i mean there's a whole litany of things you can bring your baby in for um what is the most common thing you would say in your practice you see with babies if there is a most Uh, i think
1: it depends on their age right so very often when we get the newborns in um It's either we have a lot of parents who come to us during pregnancy and then they want their baby checked. So we'll see them as newborns. Uh, We also, you know, the moms who come in that weren't patients before are often coming in because of breastfeeding difficulties or colic or reflux in the first couple months. As they get a little bit older, Mm -hmm. they'll notice that they might have torticollis or they may not be developing properly. They might have plagiocephaly or developmental delays in terms of the way they move as they get older it's because they're having recurring ear infections uh you know it's because they have allergies or asthma because they're not sleeping they're not pooping um you know they 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 just recognize that their child is not as healthy as they should be and all of the things that they've done medically speaking have not been the answer and so what tends to happen is parents come in at these stages looking for for help because what they've done so far hasn't worked now I think what's important to recognize is that I don't believe that kids grow out of of these symptoms, right? So a lot of times you'll hear from pediatricians that say, oh, well, you know, yeah, your child has reflux now, but don't worry, they'll grow out of it. I don't really believe that people grow out of their symptoms. I think more accurately, their symptoms manifest differently as they develop, as they get older. And so a child that's got a lot of tension and stress in their body uh at at an early age they may manifest as like colic or reflux but as they get older it may be behavioral issues or it may be headaches or it may affect their focus and concentration in school because the underlying stress and tension is still there and if they haven't been adjusted there's probably nothing that 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 child has been able to do to alleviate that tension and that buildup. so it just manifests a little bit differently um I mean, imagine if adults were walking around with colic, right? That's typically, (laughs) but there have been studies that show colic is very closely related with migraines in adults. And, you know, you can, if you look at what a child is experiencing in terms of colic, you can realize, wow, that seems awful lot like a migraine that an adult might have. And, you know, I think what's important to recognize is that Every child deserves to experience the world and adapt to it as effectively as possible, meaning every child deserves to be free of subluxation. Every child deserves to benefit from chiropractic care from their birth and throughout their development. And whether they're symptomatic or not, if a child is subluxated, then getting them adjusted and alleviating the tension will allow their nervous system to better perceive and adapt to the world around them, allowing them not only to avoid a lot of the common health issues, but just be the best version of themselves possible. And I don't know a single parent that wouldn't want that for their child right when i talk about the kids who come into our practice not only for you know symptoms but they come in and continue to come in for quote-unquote wellness purposes their parents recognize that they get sick less often that they do better in school that they get better sleep that they're more well behaved um just that they recognize that their child is a healthier and stronger individual because of the chiropractic care that they've been receiving. And I think that's really what chiropractic has to offer. Uh, That's the thing that what chiropractors really focus on is maximizing the body's ability to adapt to an ever-changing world around us. And, you know, as kids go through development, there's so much that they have to experience and adapt to. And if they're not able to do it as well as they should because of the subluxation, because of the misalignments in their spine affecting their nervous system, then correcting that becomes not only important, but really essential for them being the best that they can be. And that's really at the heart of what chiropractic is.
0: Dr. Ian, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. It was so interesting and a delight talking to you. We'll just we'll be talking to you later. Keep keep up the good work, fighting the good fight. You're doing an excellent job. I'm sure you know that already, but we really appreciate you in the in the whole field of chiropractic, in the field of pediatric chiropractic. We just really appreciate oh, my what pleasure. you're doing. Thank you so
1: much. And thank you for doing everything that you're doing for your for your community as well. I appreciate it. And hopefully, um uh you know, your 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 patients, your practice members recognize uh, how valuable it is for you to uh, do the extra work of creating this podcast for them. I think it's it's wonderful.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, you have a great day. It was right. really great talking to you. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to our website at prairiesagehealth.com. You can also find us on Facebook under the same name or Instagram at prairie.sage.health. If you found this podcast interesting or exciting, please follow us and share with a friend who may enjoy it as well. Now go and have a great day.